Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Naked Pastor, the show that it's all about you, your questions regarding faith, religion, God, and the Bible. Tonight's co-host is a guy called Abel Ludolf. He is the head of an organization called, and there it slips my mind, Abel, you there, how Target are you? Life. Target Thanks, Life. That's it. Abel, Thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm just like, just target life just went out my head there for one second. Please, can you just introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about Target Life, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'm Abel Ludolf. I'm the head of Target Life. Uh, it's a gap year, uh, a Christian gap year, actually a discipleship. And it, uh, we look at the past, the present, and the future of these young people, as well as body, soul, and spirit. Help them develop to their full potential so that when they go out in the world, they will be... Uh, much more well-equipped and that they will be useful for the Lord. All right. And Abel, how long has Target Life been running? Now, Target Life has been running and it's, it's in its 15th year now. So we've been around a, for a while. 15 years. That's quite a bit, eh? Um, Abel, so without further ado, um, let's jump into this question. Creation versus evolution. Who's right? Who's wrong? Can it be married? What's going on here? To our guests, guys, you're welcome to ask questions. Remember, we are taking calls, so you can phone in. You can type in questions. We really want to hear from you. Abel, so what do you say? Uh, firstly, I want to say this is very important because actually, uh, whether you believe in evolution or you believe in creation, you're believing something. In other words, oh, this no. is a faith system. And hmm. no matter just the, the, the uh, physics and the science of it, it's a faith statement to say nothing exploded and became everything or God created. So uh, from that point of view, because I'm a Christian and I believe in the Bible, uh, because this is so important and most religions relates to evolution, it is actually yeah. the biggest religion in the world. So it's very important that we will know the truth about this thing. And... Um, for myself, uh, as a Christian, I believe that uh, uh, the earth is only like a little bit over 6,000 years old and that God really literally created in six days. And uh, one thing I want to motivate that with, if you find the word day in the Old Testament connected with a number like the first day or the second day, it hmm. always uh, relates to a solar day. In Genesis 1, it was evening and it was morning the first day, evening, morning the second day. So God knew that in the time that we would live in and use the Bible, that mm. evolution would be a big religion. So would yeah. he have confused us or did he mean what he was saying there? And I, yeah. I think uh, if we look at that, I believe in a great God that could have created in six days. And uh, just that for a starting point. Yeah. So you, you made a couple of statements there. This is, this, let's quickly dive into that. I think the first one I want to talk about is that you said evolution is a faith-based or is a religion. Yes. Uh, if you can find me good scientific evidence for the mechanism of macroevolution, I'll give you everything that I own because I've got an engineering degree and I've studied this for a long time. There's absolutely no scientific proof, proof that supports evolution on the contrary, there's much, many more indications that the earth is quite young than there is, than that the earth is old. And people make assumptions about things that happened 
billions of years ago, and there's absolutely no way to prove that. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so you're talking about then somebody comes to you and says, well, I don't believe in God. I then believe in evolution. And that's where you say this is a, it's a, it's a faith-based thing. I want, to, I want to believe in evolution. I choose to believe. And then, uh, what, but, but still, it's only a theory. It's not been proved, proven. And then you go on. You say the earth is young. So a young earth is anything less than a hundred years. Would you agree with that? Uh, a young earth? No, I would say young earth. We're talking 6,000 plus extra thousands of years, but not hundreds of thousands, not millions. Yeah, not millions and millions of years, eh? No. Okay. So I agree with you. I'm fully alive. I mean, I'd say the earth, you know, if it's 10 or 15 years or 20,000 years old, that's a lot. That'll be a lot. It's, it's yeah, still not yeah. millions and billions of years. So what do we do about carbon dating? Okay, now, carbon dating has a few problems. Uh, the first thing is we make an assumption about the original state of matter, and we, we cannot make that. So you can only use carbon dating if you've got one piece and you want to uh, reference another piece coming from more or less the same time frame. Then you can mm. reference it, and then in radiometric dating, they find a lot of young dates, but they ignore that. They only keep the older dates. Like uh, with Mount St. Helens, uh, it's a mountain that erupted, a volcanic mountain that erupted in America in 1980. And mm -hmm. the lava poured down the side of the hill, taking millions of trees into the lake. And okay. it formed like a, a little bit of a Grand Canyon shape there. And somebody went and they... Uh, took out some uh, a ground sample at the de at the depth of 40 meters, and then one at 20 meters, and one at one meter, and took it at various laboratories. And they said the the sample at the bottom was like three million years old, and the one in the middle was a couple of hundred thousand, and the other one wasn't that old. And then he said to them, all of this is ten uh, at that stage it was 10 years was is 10 years old. So there's no indication that uh, radiometric metric dating. As, as, as actually something that we can use as a proof. Okay, so how did this thing develop? We're saying then that from the theory of uh, um, evolution and the radiometric dating is that there are layers in the ground and because something is found in layer Z, it means it's that old. And if it's uh, found in layer L, it is not as old, it's only as, as am I understanding you correct? Yes. And um, now, the, the whole thing is, is proven wrong by some Mounts and Islands because this whole thing happened like 40 years ago. And if you take various samples at various layers, you will get different dates. But we know all of that layering took place when the volcano erupted. But now, if you go to the fossil record, you get at the bottom the bigger bones of, of, say, dinosaurs and things, and that's so old and closer to the mm -hmm. surface or layers on top of that, it's not so old. But then mm -hmm. in all those layers, you find a fossilized tree. Now, what happens with trees is because they've got a root system, and we saw mm -hmm. that with Mount St. Helens, that when they go adrift in water, they will drift right up because the root system keeps, you know, is, is at the bottom and it's more heavy. And uh, now you find this tree is through all these layers. And then in between the layers, there's no debris. The one layer is perfectly laid upon another layer. Now, if that has taken place over millions of years, there should have been debris in, in between the layers. There's nothing. 
and you find one fossilized tree through all these layers with the various bones. And if you do radiometric testing on them, you find them different ages. And so the whole assumption there is wrong because we don't know what the, the original state of every piece of bone or material was at the beginning when creation happened. And okay. the, so the fossil record completely denies um, evolution. So the fossil record. So just for the listeners now, because you and I, we know what we're talking a little bit. I know a little bit what we, what's meant by <laughs> the word fossil record. Um, guys, you guys that are listening, please type some questions. You can phone in. If you've got something along the lines, you're more than welcome. Um, just unpack the word uh, fossil bank for us. And what was the argument in um, Charles's mind when he brought this thing to the argument? You know, I, I haven't studied Charles really like uh, I do this in, in, in Target Life. So it's, but let's, let's keep it simple. Uh, okay. Fossils are formed in hot mud. Because if you've got lava, the stuff will burn away. When they decay, they will also rot away. So if you've got hot mud flowing over this and then everything settles down, everything hardens within the mud, so you get fossils. And we okay. believe with Noah's flood that there, uh, uh, a lot of water uh, pumped out from the bottom of the earth because if you look at Genesis 1, there was water below the earth. And yeah. a, a lot of hot mud must have come out and layered quickly one upon another and caught up mm. every living thing because the Bible says every living being uh, died in that uh, yes. it was a global flood. So the whole fossil record was formed by that. And uh, that's one of the things they will try to disprove the flood because the flood actually gives us answers to the fossil record and where they come yes. from. And even to the Ice Age, that wasn't all that long ago. It happened during the flood and um so yeah so that is what fossils is and that's how they are formed and you they didn't find any uh, dysfunctional fossils every animal or whatever that's fossilized was completely yeah. um fully developed developed and, and uh, adapted to their surroundings so when you say when you say that you what you're saying is that the, the fossil bank hasn't found we haven't so far found any species be in between they either yeah. look like they're either a uh, a rabbit or they are chicken but there's no rabbit chicken fossil is that what we're saying yes Let, let's take it say for instance you've got a mouse and a bat they kind of seem like similar so now hmm. the mouse is going to develop into a bat so it's its front legs is going to turn into wings over hundreds of millions of years that will make it dysfunctional to be mm. able to catch food and, 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 and to actually live. So we don't find anything that's ever been dysfunctional. And that speaks of, of creation and of design. Yes. And, and one of the things I just want to say, design is the big thing. Even if you believe God created through evolution, which I don't, the fact mm. is still there must be a designer. Because if I look at my room here, I can see, okay, this was designed by somebody because this is structure. And yes. even the architect isn't in a wall. He isn't part of this building, but they must be an architect. And um, yes. so, so there's a lot to say for design in this whole thing. So that mouse becoming a bat wouldn't be able to function. It, 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 you can't see that. And then also in the human body, the delicate balance between the different organs are so yes. specific. If one of the organs goes down to like 90% of its functionality, you might die because of it. Yes. So, 
how would things slowly develop into such a delicate balance? It, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think it's, in a, even I listened to a guy talking about the Grand Canyon and how people say, well, the Grand Canyon was shaped over thousands and millions and millions of years of erosion. And then the question beckons, where is the residue of that sand? Because if it's happened over thousands and thousands and millions and millions of years, that means there had to be a slow river that actually eroded away that thing. So if... Yeah, if, if you go into Google Earth and you, you take a, a picture of the, the Grand Canyon and you just put it down a little bit in the 3D, then you can see that this was a flat surface and a, and a big amount of water just washed it all out. You can see after a rain, it forms like little canyons. This is just the Grand Canyon. But the interesting thing about the Grand Canyon is the river, the river flows in the opposite direction of which they think it was formed. So it must, <laughs> must have been washed through by a large amount of water, and then the plates must have shifted to turn mm. the r river to flow in the other direction. So that is one of their big problems. Another problem that you also find in America is at Yosemite. Yosemite, they've got a big rock. This is one uh, 160 kilometer big rock. And wherever you take that rock and you hit it with a hammer, it releases mm. polonium rings that was caught up. Now, polonium is, a, is an element that was caught up in the rock. And the decay rate of a polonium ring is like 163 milliseconds. So yes. you, you need a, spectro a spectrometer to see it. And in a split moment, it's gone. And that whole rock is filled with it. And the conclusion yes. is that the whole rock must have come into being within less than 163 milliseconds to have yes. that structure. And uh, one day uh, a dad came to me, he was an archeologist and he said, I want my kid to do your gap year, but I don't, you, you, you're gonna defeat evolution and I believe in evolution. So I said to him, you had 18 years with your daughter. I've, I'm gonna have three hours with her. And if mm. she believes me, then you haven't done your job properly or there's no logic <laughs> to what you believe. And then I said to him, but what about Yosemite? And he said, okay, we don't know about that. We don't, we can't answer that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's almost the other way around for me because the theory of evolution in its name says it is a theory. Yeah. Uh, so it has to be proven, not disproven. Am I correct in saying that? It's almost like... <laughs> Absolutely, you know, yeah. You know, it's like a court case. You know, we don't have to prove ourselves innocent. We have to be proven guilty. And this is the thing where it's just the narrative has been, you know, evolution is the answer. This is what, I mean, our kids are actually forced to live in that and to partake yes. in that in school. Now, but here's the thing, Abel, you, you work with youth and young people, and like you just mentioned, parents that are highly intelligent people, people that are really, really clever, okay? How come such a vast uh, group of the world's population are, which are intelligent people, you know, they have evolved <laughs> to a place yeah. where they are really clever. How come do they believe in evolution when there's a, it's only a theory? Yeah, well, I can ask you, why do everybody believe all the things that the media tells us about COVID, for instance? So faith yes. comes by hearing. 
And I believed in evolution and I'd studied engineering and I still believed in it because I never gave it much thought. I just kind of accepted it. Yes. And so, sometimes when we've accepted something and somebody come and they disturb us a bit, it, it's uh, the moment somebody is stirring up your paradigms, you get a little bit angry. So now you go and you try to defend that thing. But once you have a closer look at it, the moment I started having a closer look, scientifically speaking, I couldn't believe that I ever believed it. Like in engineering, you've get, you, you get energy and enthalpy and entropy. Is These things tells us that everything runs down unless you put intelligent resources or energy into a thing to build it up. Yes. So evolution says everything runs up, but we can see in, in nature that everything runs down. So there's a contradiction in that. And uh, evolution says there's a little cause for a maximum effect. Well, we know mm -hmm. that the effect can never be bigger than the cause itself and things like that. There's, there's so much logic. If you look at all the different dog species that we have, uh, you know, mm -hmm. a, a, a purebred dog is actually a pavement special. If you've yeah. got your sausage dog or whatever other dog, it's actually a pure mutation. If you put mm. all these dogs in a cage and you leave them for 100 years, you're going to have one, you, you, one kind of pavement oh. special in between. So there's yeah. nothing in nature driving things to move to, more, to, to, to larger amounts of information. If you want more information in a situation, you have to put it in. So it makes se more sense that people would have devoluted into an ape than an ape. Evol went through evolution into becoming a human being that is so much more complex and our DNA has got so much more information in it than even the closest ape to us. It just doesn't make sense. It means there must have been an external source to add the intelligent design to that creature. And, yeah. they, and then also the other thing with the mutation, the moment mm -hmm. they put something through mutation, we see it with our genetically modified um, grain and things that True, eat, yeah. uh, you, you can't plant them they don't grow again so anything yeah. that goes through mutation can't uh, reproduce anymore so yes. mutation is definitely not a, a proof of evolution in any way no because i mean mutation like you said now it causes if we if we take donkeys and uh, and horses we get a mule we know that that can't uh, reproduce with yes, ligra right. where they cross lions and tigers and it's this mammoth animal, but they can't reproduce. So, and that's that's what happens when we mingle with. And that obviously, when we talk about that, it brings a very uh, uh, um, sensitive topic to is genetics and the tampering of genetics, genetic food, mm. um, genetic medicine. Uh, what's your take on that? Because this is all part of the outflow of the belief in evolution, if you follow what I'm saying. No, I'm following you completely. And let me tell you, God never made a mistake when he designed anything. You will see that most of our population at this stage is wheat intolerant. Mm. Because the wheat is genetically modified. The moment you go to Russia and places where they don't have that, suddenly mm -hmm. the wheat intolerance is gone. The same with milk and all kinds of things. And they add hormones and things to it. Um, and, and, and we can just say people are tampering and then they say, yeah, but for economic reasons, economics is not a, is, is, is not a science. It's driven by people and it's intelligently yes. driven by the smart people to make more money and get the other people to be poorer and things like that. So 
I think it's actually a really bad thing. I don't think people realize how how unhealthy we eat and how much better we can live if we just had natural things. Yeah. So, Abel, just thank you so much once again. I just want to throw this thing to you. Guys, This it's called theistic evolution. Okay, this is the official thing. If you go and Google it and you find it is the big, very big I name. But in plain English for you and I as plebs, it's called God-guided evolution. The idea is to marry Christianity and the Bible somehow with evolution. And they came up with this concept called theistic evolution. Oh, well, what do you make of that? No, I, I, I really am against it, and I'll tell you why. Because God is the giver of life. God didn't create death into the universe. So if he created through evolution, it means God is the author of death because evolution tells us things died and then they had this disaster and then that thing formed and stuff like mm. that. The Bible is clear that death entered the world with sin. Mm. Mm. And, and for me, that is, uh, well, you must decide whether you want to believe the Bible or not. And if you're going to believe mm. the one bit of the Bible, you need to believe everything of it. And God mm. said to Adam, cursed is the ground because of you. Because you sinned, death entered mm. into this world. Because mm. Now, why this is so important to me is if I as a Christian believe in, in something that was thought up by humanists, and then I've tried to superimpose God on that. I'm going to lose my trust in who God is because evolution doesn't speak of God's character. God's mm. character is to create things completely, uh, mm. purposefully, fully developed and adapted to their surroundings, fitting together in a bigger whole. That is God's character. And yes. evolution speaks of exactly the opposite. And you're going to lose your faith in God if you believe that. Or you, you, you risk that, at least. Okay, so person X walks up to you in the street and they say, um, and we want to win people, obviously. I know your heart and we want to win people. And they say to you, listen, Abel, I, I really, you know, I actually believe in Jesus. I believe in the cross. But, you know, I do believe in this evolutionary a mix that's come into Christianity. Uh, what would your answer be? Because me, I'm abrupt. I'm just like, you know, one of the spirit of Nehemia type of thing, you know, get him, pull his beard out, give him a couple of slaps and say, wake up, you know, smell the coffee. There you go. Welcome, welcome, you know. But how would you uh, speak to that person in, in trying to guide them to embrace the the Create, create tall. Um, you know, uh, Jesus said to the Pharisees, said, if you don't, uh, you guys, uh, if you believed Moses, why wouldn't you believe me? Now, Moses mm. wrote in the law, he said, but in six solar days, God created heaven and earth and then follows the Ten Commandments. Now, if you can't believe that first verse, why will you believe the rest of it? In other mm. words, to, to be a Christian, take the Bible at face value, believe what it says, and know that God is serious with what he's saying, and be obedient to that. You can't fit God into your paradigm. You need to fit yourself into his paradigm. And uh, yes. So the point is, I'll, I'll just say to the guy that, you, you know, wind 
doesn't exist in a box. If you put wind in a box, you've got air. So if you want to go put God inside your head, your box, you've only got air. You don't have God anymore. He is bigger <laughs> than this. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, so there's a lot to say, but um, I'm a little bit like you, uh, uh, you know, um, especially. But what I find with these guys, I'd rather take the signs, leave the, the religious talk out, and let's just bash them up with the signs thing. And then when mm. we've kind of proven the earth can't be that old, the final conclusion, if, if the earth is, earth is not old, there must be a creator. And if there's a creator, he created. But then he either created a bad place or something went wrong. And that brings us to the fall of man. And before yes. we don't get to the fall of man, we can't actually offer people salvation because people that believe in evolution, you say, Jesus saves, Jesus saves you from what? No, from mm. sin, but I don't believe in sin. Then you're stuck. Yeah. So with those guys, I speak signs, not Jesus. Yeah. Until the uh, until I see the question mark, and then I'll go in for okay. But I can, I I, I cannot prove God not in this universe because the architect mm. is not in the wall or in the building, but he yeah. lives inside of me. That's yeah. the only place you're gonna expect him. So he mm. must feel the love coming out of me, and then I can only be a witness to what God means to me in person. Okay, so here's another thing: time, space, and matter. Because we're talking about the evolution, and then therefore. Mm something had to happen and there had to be and we know scientifically uh, since evolution is based on a, on, on a scientific uh, argument and we're saying like that um, where or how the time space matter how did that get into it yeah the point is what I actually believe is that there was nothing then and it exploded and became everything we believe that God is a source of energy and en energy or light can be transformed into matter. So it's, it's kind of more scientific to believe in God because God says he's light and we know light can as a form of energy that can be transformed into matter. That makes a lot of sense. But uh, even most of the atheists has now abandoned the whole idea of the big bang. And, okay. Uh, How come? How come? Why did they abandon that? Because it just doesn't make sense scientifically because, you know, uh, if you look at the, the spread of matter throughout the universe, it's, it's not uniform. If there was a single point where the explosion took place and everything moves away from there, matter should be uh, uniformly. Yeah, and things like that. So there's many things that speaks against it. So the, the big apologist says to me, the big thing is now, they try to reason that mankind is older than like 200,000 years and things like that, and that we did come from apes and, and things like that. But they kind of abandoned the Big Bang because there's very little that supports it. And, and talking about, you know, they keep on adding billions of years, and we're talking 20 billions of years ago. Uh, that doesn't make sense. And then you look at the amount of stars that there is. They've mm -hmm. never seen a star form, nor one disappear in, in, in the time that we live in. And um, if you look at the amount of stars, they should have been formed stars, 22,628, no, 22,628,000 stars per minute for the time frame that they are giving. Now, how, how do you get to that? You see, that's, that's like a whole new level of thinking right there because, because if the Earth is that old, those stars need to burn out. That's what you're saying. And... Because mm -hmm. if the earth is that old, okay, I follow what you're saying. That is just mind blowing to me. Um, it's very interesting. I mean, Charles Darwin started this snowball thing in 
I want you just to know this. He wrote the book Origin of the Species on the and was released on the twenty fourth of November. Listen to the date, eighteen fifty nine. So, as a, as, a, as the, the, the industrial revolution and when the techno the, the level of technology we had in eighteen fifty nine, I think we just discovered wheelbarrows. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and he made the statement that the human cell is a, a singular cell is a very simplistic organism. What do we know about that today? No, yeah, the cell is so complex. There's so much going on there. I just want to say, even in his time, they drew up this geological column where you've seen the, this animal became that animal, and they even publish it in our biology books today. But that thing is pure art. There wasn't yeah. a single experiment done to, to that was just like art. And if you look at the revolutionary age that started in the late 1700s with the ex coming into existence of, of uh, you know, all this bad philosophies and things and also the Illuminati and all that, you can mm. see from that point on there was a drive towards atheism. And the next yes. thing that pops out is evolution. Up until that point, nobody really believed that the earth is very old. And mm -hmm. um, I, I see this as a, as a plan of Satan to really try to write God out of the system in some way. And mm -hmm. uh, the point is these guys, they, they sound so smart and they use all kinds of things. But when you start looking at it thoroughly, then you just see there's absolutely no merit to what they're saying. So uh, Charles Darwin, I also think that he had problems in his personal life and he, he struggled with these things. And they, mm -hmm. they kind of got him to write the book. But his book was uh, like uh, advertised and they, they pushed this thing. There were other people behind the scene pushing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to read you something. Listen to what it says about his book. And this is very important. It says, Darwin added the phrase by the creator from the 1862nd edition onwards so the ultimate sentence begins there is a grandeur in this view of life with its several powers having been originally breathed by the creator into a few forms or into one life so that would be a theistic evolution and within his own book Second edition, he's already, he himself is deviating from pure evolution to a yeah. theistic evolution. And we just have yeah. to come to a place where we understand that, and I like what you say, if I take a part of, of, of the Bible, if, because we're answering this question from a biblical wo uh, uh, worldview, unapologetically. I don't, you know, this is the naked pastor. Mm. It's unapologetically. we asking, answering this question. So if we say, in the beginning, was you know god was and he created and he hovered and he spoke um matter into existence you know, we've got that whole genesis 1 verse 1 where he spoke time matter and space into existence yeah. we know matter cannot exist if it doesn't have space and it, it needs a time to exist it's a when mm -hmm. in the beginning god created the heavens space and the earth matter and if we accept that, we have to accept, and we go to the next thing, the, and I like how you call it, what's that word for the day? You call it a lunar day. day. Solar yeah. day. 
We yeah. need to understand, and it's and it and it's specific there. It says, and it was day, and it was night, and it was all, and it was the first day. Yeah. So, and, and God didn't want to confuse us when He wrote that because God wrote that. Yeah. So how do we know that hasn't changed time-wise? How do we still know that that timeline hasn't changed? That the day wasn't like a thousand days. You get that one. Yeah, you see, the Bible says, even Peter says that, but one day for the Lord is like a thousand and a thousand is one day. But if you study the feasts, you, you realize he was referring to the feasts. And if you look at the feasts, up from Adam to a Abram was 2,000 years from, from Abram to Jesus was 2,000 years. And mm, from mm, Jesus mm. to where we are is, is, is another 2,000. That gives you six days. And then there's a millennium coming in seventh day. So they, there's a, a different connection there. People mm. must see to it that they keep these things in context. Um, because they're crossing uh, the wires. Now, people tend yeah, to cross so, the wires when it suits them, eh? Yeah, and uh, the big thing is it's, it seems like with evolution, we try to make God smaller. Why would yes. we want to do that? Uh, God is able to do anything. And then you look at certain things. There's like a, a water lily that works together with a bug so that cross-pollination can take place in there. So how did mm. they do, decide to work together? And if you see, look at a six-days creation, it, it, it makes sense that everything could be functional, but over large periods of time, how would all these things... There's more questions to evolution than answers. Not that I yes. think that we as Christians have all these scientific answers. We know in part, definitely. And sometimes yeah. I would just say to the people, I don't know. But yeah. I, I feel that what I believe makes a lot more logical sense and the things yeah. that they are bringing up. I know we're running a bit over time. Uh, I will, the human eye. I'm sure you've read around regarding the human eye. Will you unpack that for our listeners? Yeah, look at your, your, your eyes got 138 million pixels. Now, if you have to take a, a 138 megapixel JPEG and upload it to a computer from a memory stick, it's going to take you a couple of minutes. Your eyes are snapping 25 frames per second, and your brain can actually process that. Mm. Now, the complexity of the human eye and how it functions and that, you, that it can focus and, and, and how you can work with the backlight and all these things, and your brain can interpret all of that information, is, it's so far beyond technology, technology mm. and an understanding of it. It's virtually impossible to think that randomly this came into being. It's like a, a lightning bolt hits a scrap out, and there you see a whole Boeing 747 standing there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And also the fact of is which part started developing first. If evolution yes. was true, well, would it be the, you know, because it is on a process of natural selection, and you mentioned correctly, a decay and catastrophic stuff they need to happen so yeah we've got this eyeless head walking around how would he now think i need an eye and what would develop in this eye would the, the lens the retina yeah, the, exactly. the, the tear glands all of that already says you it's physically impossible it has to point to a creator absolutely a designer designer this is the obble your final words on this. You speak to somebody and um, you want to like as kind or as loving or as tough and hard as you want to uh, just 
put a nail in the coffin of evolution, what would you say? Okay, maybe this is not a nail in the coffin of evolution, but if you take a piece of paper and you say, okay, this piece of paper represents all the knowledge in the world, and we know how huge Google is, then you say, okay, how much of this information do I have? Well, it will be only a speck then. And I would tell that person, you know, you haven't been in my speck and I haven't been in yours, but within my speck, I have gotten to know this creator personally because he's a personal God. Mm, and mm. I can and I can share this with you if you're interested to come into my little spot of what I know. So there's lots of things that I don't know, but there's certain things that I do know. And I know so well that the loving God that created all of this cares for me and I've got a personal relationship with him and I'm not afraid to die because I've, I've got security of salvation. That mm. would probably my, be my best because I feel security of salvation is, is, is something like love. We need it. And yes. that is something that, that if, if I can say that to a person, say, listen, we can argue with one another and we can try to be smart and clever, but I can share with you what I really know and this I know. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Abel. Guys, here is your truth, whether you like it or not. If we remove the creator from our thinking, we lose the concept of design. If we lose design, we lose purpose. Whether we like it or not, if we lose purpose, we lose accountability. And when we lose accountability, we become our own God because there's no one to be accountable to. And mankind goes into a huge mess. First Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God. And one mediator between man and God. And that is the man, Jesus Christ. Now the whole show, Naked Pastor, I want to just point you in the direction of a Savior. He created you with a design. And that design has got a purpose. Whether you like it or not, you're not just floating through life hoping to die. And you are going to be accountable for the life that you have lived, with all the gifts, the talents, the personality, the abilities you have, you are accountable to that. And therefore, people don't want to. This is the naked truth, whether you like it or not. Just like you and I, we don't like to be accountable. We want to do whatever we want to. And therefore, evolution has taken people's mind. Thank you for you, Abel. Thank you for the evening. Thank you for dialing in, guys. Bless you. Keep well. Good night.